So a while back, <clears throat> Julie and I got to go on a trip, you know, back when we could travel. Um, nobody caught that. Y'all aren't awake yet. We're good. And uh, I decided we wanted, to, we wanted to go out to West Texas. I love West Texas. Uh, my, my family was actually from there. We would go there. I was born and raised in Fort Worth, but we would go out to Wink and Monahans. Y'all heard of all those big towns out there. And uh, we'd visit my grandparents. And so I wanted to go back out there and see some family and just kind of see how it had grown uh, or not grown either way <laughs> over the years. And here's one thing I remember growing up and going out there was that it's a long way between everything. And, uh, you know, so we went prepared. We, we packed an ice chest and we thought, first of all, we didn't want to spend a lot of money. Second of all, I don't know how many things we're going to find there. So we just planned on kind of eating in the car and, you know, pulling over and doing some things and keeping it inexpensive and going around. Didn't really expect to find much. So went, saw family, went to the uh, observatory in Fort Davis, which I would highly recommend. That's a really cool place to go. And we went down to Big Bend and we thought, well, we'll just keep it cheap. You know, we pull into a grocery store, you kind of uh, load up on some things here. You're thinking, there's no way we're finding a restaurant down around this place. But I have something for you. If you've ever heard of or been to the Starlight Theater, it's a great restaurant. And I know that sounds kind of funny to even say, but it's called the Starlight Theater. It's in Terlingua, Texas, which you go to nowhere, turn left, and go a little bit further into nowhere, and it's there. It's nowhere, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. It's Honestly, and I'm not making this up for exaggeration preaching purposes, this is some of the best food we've ever had. We had planned on going on this trip and kind of keeping it cheap and not doing We ate there three days in a row. Like most of the time, as often as they would open it up, we were like, we're, we're in. It was incredible. And I felt like I had found something that very few people knew about. And for some reason now, every time somebody goes, hey, we're going down to Big Ben area, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to go to Starlight Theater. I just find my, it just like comes out of my mouth. Like this all of a sudden, because I guess I like food that much. That's why I'm a Baptist preacher. I don't know what the deal is, but it's like when it comes to something with food, it's just an automatic. I've got to tell them about that. And so have you ever had that I found it moment? Have you ever had one of those in your life? We're like, oh, gosh, I found this, and I can't wait to tell somebody else about this. And we're in this series called Who's Your One? And what we're trying to do is encourage you and give you some tools and some thoughts and some help about what I can do to be a light for those around me. Because sometimes we make that just a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. And quite honest with you, it's as simple as what I just described. I mean, you found something that you didn't expect that you really liked and you want people to know about it. And you just say, hey, here's an opportunity for me to talk to you about this. I found this. I hope that you can find it as well. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different today in the message. We're going to kind of go through your blanks a little quickly and then I just want to talk with you about what does it mean to talk with other people and share about your faith? Why is that so difficult at times? What are some things that we could do uh, to maybe get over some of these things and be more comfortable in being a light and sharing our faith with those that we come in contact with? But let's start in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, whether you're familiar with church or not, you might, you might be aware that John chapter 3 and especially verse 16 is something that people hear a lot of. And maybe John 3.16 is a verse you've heard before. Maybe it's not. That's okay too. Um, but if you look around it, there's really a lot that's going on in this passage. As Jesus is talking to a religious leader named Nicodemus. And he's having a conversation with Nicodemus about what Jesus' purpose is and why he's here. And, you know, the, the religious leaders are, are struggling a little bit with Jesus being around and what's going on. And so in the midst of this conversation, this is what Jesus says to Nicodemus. 
He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And he's talking about his crucifixion even before anybody knew about it. He said, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Maybe you've heard that verse before, but let's go on. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he's not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. This is the judgment The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. So let's just make sure we're we're clear on what this verse, what this passage is teaching us. (laughs) Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he says, God sends me because he loves me, but I'm not coming to condemn the world. I'm coming to save the world because it's not my job to condemn. What happens with condemnation is I come to give you a choice. Jesus came so that we can have a choice. We can choose to follow Jesus and find life. But if we choose not to follow Jesus, then God does not condemn us. We condemn ourselves. This is what Jesus is saying. I come to just give you a choice. I come to provide the way. I provide a path back to a relationship with God. But if you choose not to follow that, then you're already condemned because you're choosing to go your own way. And he goes on to talk about the lights come into the world. Jesus is shining the light. He's showing the way. And he's saying, but people don't want to come to the light because of their evil deeds, because of the things that's going on. Because if you come to the light, then some of those things get shined on and you don't want people to see those things. So as we're, as we're looking at this in the context of what does it mean for me to share my faith with others, the first thing you need to realize is it's uncomfortable for everybody. Can we just say that? It's okay. It's okay for us to say it's kind of uncomfortable for everybody. Because I think some of us walk around sometimes thinking, I don't, I don't understand why all these people just do this effortlessly and they have no problem with it. I'm just going to tell you this just to be transparent with you. I've shared this with my Bible study class. Maybe you've heard me share this before, we're all wired a little bit differently. And my particular wiring, whether you believe it or not, I'm actually an introvert. And you can put me on stage and I can talk to thousands of people, my heart rate won't even go up. I'm just wired that way. Some of you, if you got on this stage, it'd be fun to see, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, that's not good. But I tell you this all the time. You put me one-on-one at a table with someone and that's where I start going, uh, uh, hey, what's going on? Not much. Okay, I guess I got to go. Now, I don't know what to say at that point in time. It, it's a little bit. So we're all wired a little bit differently. Some of you are wired, man. Well, let's just go one-on-one. So God's, God's got us all wired these different ways. And so we need to realize that there's a certain aspect of this that's uncomfortable for everybody at different times in different ways. That's okay. And sometimes just the sheer fact that you're talking about your faith makes people uncomfortable. You know, one of the things that happens to me all the time is people find out I'm a pastor. Can I just tell you, don't give me up in public, okay? 
Let, let me figure, just tell people, hi, this is Lindell. He's my ethics advisor. That's fine, okay? <laughs> we're, we're, but don't give up pastor because you can watch the conversation change immediately. Hey, this is Lindell. It's my pastor. And then people immediately go, oh, I can't talk about this. I don't know about that. They have this list of things in their head that all of a sudden they feel like, why is that? Well, it's kind of like what Jesus is saying here. There's this light that shines sometimes. And sometimes it's perceived by people that are going, I can't go there. I don't want to go there. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm coming to shine light on things so that we can deal with it. I'm coming to put a light on this thing because you don't have to be that way anymore. You don't have to do this anymore. So we can live a different way. But just real quick to fill in your blanks and then we'll talk for a minute. What do we see from this passage? The first thing we see is God loves me. God loves me. For God loved the world in this way that he gave his son. God realized that there was, some, there was something that's happening in this world that necessitated, <laughs> I don't know if I just added 17 syllables to that word or not. We'll go back and look at the video later, okay? God thought it was a good idea to send his son because there was a need for it. He wouldn't have sent his son if there wasn't a need for it. But God did that to demonstrate the love that he has for us. He loves us so much that there's no way that we could have a relationship had he not sent his son. So God loves me so much that he sent his son. And here's what you need to understand and take a deep breath as we start thinking about this in the context of how I can be a light and share this to others. If God loves me, then God loves my one as well. God loves my one. So there's the foundation that you need to start with. God loves me and God loves my one. And if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about with this one, this series, we're, we're encouraging people to have at least one person that you've identified to be intentional about having a conversation and, and, and a relationship with to help them be introduced to who Jesus Christ is. And so at least one, in one way. And so God loves me and God loves my one. And I love the fact that, and, and just, to kind of give us a foundation, Jesus says, I didn't come into this world to condemn it. So when the light shows up and it starts shining things and people are feeling uncomfortable, Jesus is going, I'm not coming to condemn. I'm coming to give you a way. And so God loves my one. Our, our responsibility is not to, to communicate anything to our one other than that there's a God that loves them. And there's a path that he has that can lead them to life. He's not coming to condemn them. It's going to be important for us to understand here in just a minute. But here's the thing that I would ask you to think about this morning. As, as you understand that God loves me and as you understand that God loves others, then how are we going to communicate with them that love? What's it going to take to get the message of God's love and God's plan for them and God's life that he has for them to them? Because here's the question I would ask you to wrestle with. If not me, then who? If I'm not going to be the one to deliver it, then who, who, who is it? Do, do I live my life in such a way that I would say, man, I really care about this person. I really would love for this person to know the Lord. And man, I hope somebody does that. Or am I going to live my life in such a way that says I really care about this person. I really hope that they hear about the Lord. And God, would you please use me and help me find a way to be able to communicate that with them? And I already said that that makes us nervous in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's just because of our personality. Sometimes we, we doubt our abilities. Sometimes we think that 
we have to have stuff memorized or we've got to do things a certain way. So I just want to talk with you for just a little bit this morning. So if you want to take notes, take notes. If you want to just listen, just listen. Because I want to talk to you about what it means to be a light. That's something we say here all the time is that we encourage you to go out and be a light in this world. It comes from phrases like this. It comes from scriptures like this. That Jesus says, I'm coming as a light to the world to show people that God loves them and that there's a path to life for them. And it's our privilege as well as our responsibility to share that gospel message with others. Romans 10, 13, and 14 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they've not believed in? How can they believe without hearing about them? And how can they hear without a preacher? And some of you are going, that's right, preacher. I'm just going to bring them to you. No, no, that's not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about how can they hear without someone proclaiming it, without someone telling them that. So what we're specifically talking about in this series is we want to encourage you to intentionally have conversations, not just praying for someone, not just hoping for someone, but how to engage in a conversation with someone and to be able to share with them that I found it. I've found what I was looking for in life through the person of Jesus Christ, and now I want to tell you about it. And I want to make it, if possible, just as easy to talk about Jesus as it is for me to talk about the Starlight Theater in Terlingua, Texas. I found this and I can't wait to tell you about it because I think it's something that's very important to you. So here's the first thing that I would tell you. If you're going to share with someone else, here's what you need to start with. First, you've got to love them. <laughs> just love them, okay? Don't start with going, I gotta memorize something, I gotta figure out the right time to say this, I gotta, you know, the moon's on this phase, and I gotta be over here at this, and I gotta complicate all this. Just, just love them. Just, just find a way to demonstrate love, serving them in a certain way, building a relationship with them in, that, in, in, in any way that you can. That, that's fine. You've got to start with the foundation of love, not with, I've got a mission to do, I've gotta share this with you. Remember, I said that at the first of this. We're not just doing this to, to teach you these are the words that you say or this is how you go about this. We're wanting this just to become a natural part of your life like it should be for every follower of Jesus Christ. To be able to communicate the simple truth that God loves you and he's got a way that can lead you to life that goes beyond anything that you could have for yourself. That's what we want to communicate. And so let me, let me explain to you some, some things about how we're all wired that will help you have this conversation. See, because typically in the past, we like to jump to the good part of the story, don't you? I mean, you, you like to just hop right into the good part of the story. And so don't hear me as being sacrilegious when I say this. But a lot of times as believers in Christ, we start with Jesus. And we go right into someone and go, hey, man, I just want to let you know something. Jesus loves you, and he died for your sins. And if you ask him to forgive you your sins, then you'll be forgiven. You'll have life. And they're going. <laughs> so they're like, whoa, I don't understand what's going on here. You see, and for some of you, it makes perfect sense because you might be wired like me that I gave my life to Christ over 40 years ago and I kind of grew up in church. So I heard that a lot. And then it took a while for me to process it. And then when it finally made sense to me, oh, that's what they're saying. Then I reached the point where I made a decision personally to say, I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and I'm gonna live my life for him. And I had time for that to sink in. But it's hard for me to imagine and I'll just be honest with you, it's hard for me to imagine people who are in this world, like we talk about in the video, 12,000 of them within 10 miles of where I'm standing right now, statistics show, 
that have no concept that there's a God that loves them, that created them, that put them on this world for a purpose, and that they can find life if they follow him. So if I jump to the part of the story that says, by the way, Jesus died on the cross for you, they're going, what, 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 why? Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. There's three questions that are on everyone's mind at some point in their life, whether they say them out loud and articulate them or whether they just carry them in their heart. Here's three questions that everybody asks. One, where did I come from? Where did I come from? Well, how did I get here? Number two, what's wrong with this world? Because let's just be honest. Go ask anyone, hey, what's wrong with this world? You'll get an answer. People don't go, nothing. This world's great. Everybody asks the question at some point in time, what's wrong with this world? And the third question is this, how do we make that better? What do we do about it? You see, and here's what you need to know about those three questions. In the heart of every person on this planet, there's a longing for the world to be right. Everybody, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they're saying, no matter how they're behaving, is coming from an internal an internal pressure that's there to say, I just want this world to be right. And how they answer these questions determines what they're doing to try to make the world right. Now, I know we just feel like we had a philosophy lesson, right? But let that sink in. And here's why that's important. Because sometimes, let's be honest, we have difficulty getting past people's behavior before we can love them. But if I can understand there's a reason that they're doing that, saying that, being that way. It's just because they are passionate and they want the world to be right. And so they're trying to do everything they can to make the world right as they perceive right would be. Then I can love them and go, okay, I, I can understand where you're coming from and maybe let's have a conversation. Where did we come from? What are the problems in this world? How do we fix them? So at the first of this series, if you wanted to, in the books on the end, there's this little guidebook here. It's called Life, Three Circles, A Conversation Guide. And if you remember, I told you this is for you. It's to help you. You don't need this book. If you're watching us online, you'd like one of these. Then if you'll let us know, we'll get one to you. If you're here today, you can grab one on the end of the pews. But I'm going to reference it as I also answer these three questions. I'm going to show you what we're talking about with this. And this is really what it comes down to in having conversations with people about our faith in Christ. You see, the first question that everybody's wondering about is where we come from. We ask it at some point in time. And the truth is how you answer that question dictates your answer to everything else that we're doing. So let me demonstrate for you. In this book, it talks about God's design. This book talks about the fact that God designed this world. He designed us. And he put us here with a purpose and with a plan. And when God did that, all things were good and God's plan was working. But then sin entered the equation. And so you have this little arrow that talks about sin. Sin entered the equation and that's what messed that up. But let's go back to this idea that we're created by a loving God who put us here in a design with a purpose. I reference Genesis 1, 26 through 28 often where God created man in his, own, in his own image and he put us here to go and subdue the earth, which means that we're supposed to go and do work, 
not necessarily this work that we drudge through, but work that brings purpose and meaning and joy and happiness to our life that honors God. We get to be creative like God is creative. God put us here with a reason. And when we're doing things by God's design, then we're living life to its fullest. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. The world is working to try to make things right then ultimately we have to ask the question, who gets to determine what things are right? See, as a follower of Christ, I believe that God made things right, our sin broke things, and that in following Christ again, he is leading me to make things right again in him. But if I have no belief in God, then things in this world are broken. I can still see that. Who gets to make them right, and what does right look like? You see, most people, I already said, agree that this world has problems, and it's a great place to begin a discussion with someone. Hey, what do you think about this world? Do you feel like that you have purpose and meaning here? Why why do you think that you find, what gives you purpose and meaning? You know, how do you think this world could be a better place? Why do you think this world would be a better place? You see how that's a different conversation with someone than, Hi, my name is Lindo. I'd like to tell you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and if you just give your life to him. We're going to get there because that's a very crucial part of the message. But starting right there with people today sometimes is a very difficult pill to swallow because if they don't have a belief in God, then the work of Jesus Christ is irrelevant. They first of all have to understand that there's a loving God that designed them and put them here with a plan and that we're far away from that plan. And the way that we come back to that is identifying that sin has separated me from God. You see, it naturally leads to the answer of how do we make things better. We start doing things God's way, right? We live by God's design. Excuse me. And so that's our answer to the question. If you live by God's design then you will experience life and peace and joy and hope in the way that God designed you to be. If you live apart from God's design, as we looked at in John chapter 3, then we're already condemned. Jesus came to shine the light to show us the way, and if we choose not to follow him, then we're not following anyway. So as you can probably figure out from here, how we answer the question, what is right, who gets to determine that, will determine how we approach the problems in this world. Can I give you an incredibly relevant example of this right now? As a follower of Jesus Christ, I believe that the solution to all the problems in the world is following God's design. And I believe that there's no other solution in this world other than following God's design that will bring about the type of life that we desire. Not one. But some people if they don't have a full-on belief that God's design is best, are looking to put their hope in something to make this world right. And if I have no belief in God, then I've got to give something authority to tell me what's right and wrong. And as I give it authority to tell me what's right and wrong, then that's what I'm going to be passionate about. So if my person doesn't get elected, my world is upside down. Because the highest authority I've given He's the president of the United States of America. And if that person's not in charge, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm not making light of that. I'm giving an example of a very real-world example of why a faith in God that says God's bigger than all this other stuff can give peace even in the midst of the chaos that our country's facing. But if you find someone who has no hope in God and all their hope is in a candidate, then no wonder they're passionate if things are or are not going their way. 
you understand that. I'm not saying that to make light of you. I'm not trying to kick anybody in the shins this morning. I'm trying to give us an understanding of there are people around us that have no basis of a faith in God. And so, therefore, they're looking for something to give them faith in and hope in and pursuit. And right now, it seems to be politics is ringing that bell for a lot of people. And it's shaking a lot of them to the core. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you to do what you've been taught all your life not to do. You need to talk religion and politics with your one. And you go, why do you think that's such a big deal to our country? Why do you think people are acting that way? Because it leads right into, you know what? I believe that it's important, but man, my faith is in something bigger. That leads right into a conversation. You see what I'm saying? That's how you begin to have these conversations. Because what the enemy has done to our culture is quite simple. He's just confused what is right. That's it. That's all he's done. He's led people to believe that right, the ultimate right, the ultimate truth, somehow now resides only in their heart and in their mind. So listen to me on this, and I'm almost done. In this cultural climate that we live in in America, the universal truth of God's word gets dismissed as a personal opinion. Well, that's the way you think, and that's the way you believe, and that's the way you see. And personal opinion gets elevated to authoritative rule. I get to determine what's right and wrong for me. I am the ultimate authority of right and wrong. So imagine that being my mindset and you coming along and saying, you know, you have a sin problem. Uh-uh. Because I'm the ultimate authority of right and wrong. And I got no problems. Now I can tell you everybody else's problems. Because me as the ultimate authority of right and wrong can see the problems with everybody else. So we've got to understand that when we come to begin to shine the light in such a way, we just need to start asking people questions. And maybe the simplest way that I can put this is to say this. Find out their story before you share yours. Get to know why they think these things, where it's coming from, because it's fascinating then to believe. And then all you have to do is begin to ask questions. Well, why do you think that way? And I can tell you that of the of the times that I've done this with people. Ultimately, what tends to happen in these conversations is whether it's the first time or five or six times down the road, eventually they'll go, well, what do you think? And there you go. There's your opportunity to go, you know what I believe? I believe that God designed all this and that sin broke this and, you know, that there's a different path back to God. And this stuff is important but it's not ultimate because there's God's rule. And, and I even realize that my way, even what I think would be ultimately right, is probably not best. And so I've chosen to lay my way down and follow God, and that's where I've found life. And then you can begin to talk to people from the, wow, wow why, why would you do that? Well, because I believe that I'm broken too. I'm part of the problem more than I am part of the solution. And so me being the ultimate right isn't really going to solve any. You see where this conversation goes? But it comes from having a heart of love and compassion and looking, for, looking at someone and knowing that, that you just don't know what you don't know. And when you hear something for the first time, most of us don't just process it quickly and go, oh, my bad. I've been living that way for 40 years. I'm glad you finally told me that. In the last 30 seconds, I'm going to make the incredible life decision change and do things totally different right now because this is the first time I've heard that. None of us do that. It is a process where we begin to present things and questions and help people see and we shine a light on things.
And then over time, God gives us an opportunity to be that person that can help them see. So, again, when I, when I gave you these things, just want to encourage you. This is a guide for you just to remind you of some of the things that we talked about. They put it in a, in a visual form for us that we believe we were created by God's design, that sin broke the whole thing down. We now live in brokenness, that when we repent and believe in God, that we, can, we believe the gospel and then we can pursue and recover God's design. And that's the way that we live this life. That's what we're ultimately getting for. And so anywhere in this process that you find someone, you can begin to have a conversation right at that point. You can meet them where they are. And I said it earlier, and so I'll, I'll say it again because Dick liked my, uh, my visualization of this. We're not just telling you to verbally vomit the gospel on someone, okay? There's your, ooh, gross, okay? It's not just about us knowing all the facts and just going to someone and going, blah, 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 blah. that's not what this is about. It's about loving them. Why do you think that way? Where are you? How can I help you? Let me shine some light there. Can I tell you something a little bit different? Maybe if you thought about it this way and you intentionally lead them to understand that God loves them. I can shine the light of truth and love in the lives of people. God has put me here to do that. God's put you here to do that. We can shine the light of love in their life, and we can make an incredible difference as we point them to Christ. Maybe some of the things that I even shared today, you never even knew them for the first time. Maybe today's the first time that you heard, man, I, I didn't realize God loved me and sent his son for me that way. I didn't realize God made me and had a plan for me. And that makes sense of why I'm struggling with things. I keep trying to do things my way, and God's got a way for me. How can I find out God's way? You can know God today. You can be introduced to him. It's, it's a matter of your heart being drawn to him. So I want to invite you to just have a word of prayer.